you're walking around with a gun on your hip, man. And at any moment, some bonehead is going to do something insane and possibly end your life. Like the average person has no clue. Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Squad Room, the podcast devoted to creating and optimizing a healthy and fulfilling life for first responders all around the world. I'm your host, Garrett Deslav. If this is your first time listening to us, thanks for joining us. And if uh, this is your second time, third time, fourth time, whatever it is, thanks for coming back. I'm a sergeant for a sheriff's department in Southern California. And on the show, I talk to experts in a variety of fields looking for those force multipliers that I could apply to my own life. I want to make myself and you happier and healthier so we can tackle our challenging careers with energy enthusiasm and focus the entire purpose of this podcast is to make myself better but then to share what i'm learning with you and before we get to the interview i want to remind you that you can get the information on this episode including show notes and links to our guests uh information at the, by going to the squadroom.net you can also subscribe to the show of course on itunes and stitcher and follow me on instagram and twitter at the squadroom now, our guest today, this is a big one, and I'm super excited to share this one with you because uh, I've been following this guy for at least a decade, probably close to a decade. Uh, many of you have, too. It was my first introduction to high-intensity interval training. Tony Horton, creator of P90X, is on the show today, and we talk about a whole bunch of stuff from P90X and my personal story of trying it way back in the day and, and having success and going all the way through to what he's doing these days with uh, some of the personal development courses. He's got a new course out called Living Large, and we talk about that. Uh, we go through his story and, uh, and his tips and tricks on how, just how to, how to take those first couple steps on getting to your path for health and fitness, the importance that he places on nutrition and mindfulness, and of course, the physical exercise. It's a great conversation, so I'm going to get right to it. Uh, and uh, again, for show notes for this, you can go to thesquadroom.net. But for now, here's Tony Horton. Tony, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for being here. Garrett, my pleasure. I'm here to help and answer some questions. Excellent. Well, I got a bunch for you, but I'm going to start with a story, I guess, first, because um, like many other officers, uh, I, I've, I myself am a quote-unquote graduate. I graduated from P90X many years ago, and uh, you know, I went through the program in my garage right out there mm-hmm. when I was a younger officer, and... Uh, had good success with it, uh, and to, to me, what what stood out to me about going through that program, it was, it was, you know, even through high school, I wasn't much of an athletics guy. Uh, in my early twenties, uh, I was struggling with with weight and and whatnot. And going through PNDX was the first time I felt strong. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. the first time in my life where I actually felt strong. And I remember even being on on patrol one day, and for whatever reason, I was holding my arms and I felt my biceps, and it was like, oh man, look at that's a, I have a bicep. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a fun experience. Thank you for for that. I want to t- I want to ask one question about P90X real quick because when that came out, everyone was doing the the shake weights and the attaching electrodes to yourself and no work needed and you know ten minutes uh, uh, three times a week kind of thing. And, and P90X was the exact opposite of that, right? I mean, it's a butt kicker even with the modifications, and it still is. Um, why do you think that resonated with people so much, and and why do you think it was such a success? If it, if it requires hard work. Well, I think traditionally most people felt like they had to go to a gym and get on all those machines, you know what I mean, whether it be an elliptical or treadmill or versus a climber or weight training or whatever it was, and that you needed to go through that whole rigmarole, you know, and, and uh, for a lot of people, it's a social thing and they really enjoy that. I mean, I like going to the gym as well occasionally, just kind of getting there and kind of mixing it up with people. It's really fun. 
But, you know, the average person who's out of college or high school, who's got a real life, just that's that's just become so difficult, especially with kids and work and all. And so, you know, I think a, a lot of companies that were selling fitness products, <clears throat> these are my air quotes, and people who are listening can't see them, but fitness products were really designed to make money for companies so they could kind of, whatever, run, run its course for three to six months and then come up with another gadget or another weight loss, you know, diet program or something. And they weren't really specifically... Uh, for people who were serious, you know, it was, it was sort of a short term weight loss thing. So you could take a nice after picture and then gain a bunch of weight back again. You know, P90X was <clears throat> a complete anomaly. And, you know, we have to thank our, my, my partner on that, Carl Dyko, the CEO of the company. He said, Hey, look, what do you do with Bruce Springsteen or, or with, uh, you know, Sean Connery or Billy Idol or whatever, whoever you're training, like, well, what does it take really to get people in the greatest shape? And can you do that? Can you convert that uh, in people's living room without a bunch of stuff? And I said, well, you know, with a pull-up bar and some dumbbells uh, in six days a week and for 90 days, we're going to get it done. And also, you need a lot of variety. So my whole, you know, you look at muscle confusion, which is the concept of, uh, of what beach, uh, of what it really is, what P90X is. It's not much different than uh, Jack LaLanne's periodization training. You know, I mean, just sort of making sure that you are not stuck in a rut, that you're repeating the same exercises over and over again with the hope that you get a different result. I wanted guys who were, you know, lifting weights and 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 going to the gym. I wanted to make them do more cardio. I wanted them to do some yoga. I wanted them to work on their flexibility. And when it came to women who were just, you know, doing the cardio thing or the yoga thing, I wanted them to do pull-ups and push-ups and move some weight around. And so what that does, regardless of whether you're an ectomorph or a mesomorph or an endomorph, these are different body types, you know what I mean? Some people are skinny, some people are big. But when you force everybody to do completely different things that are that they're unfamiliar with where they're working on their weaknesses that's where dramatic change comes and i and i mean that's the reason why we sold sold uh 10 million copies around the world and still to this day with no media spent on p90x it's the it's it competes with all the other products that i've been doing lately like 22 minute hardcore just purely because of word of mouth because everybody knows that that thing works if you're going to do those 12 different workouts for 90 days and you eat right there's I mean, you know, it's just common sense. And a lot of other companies, organizations that wanted to sell those machines and stuff, they didn't care about that. You know, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't really care so much about their customer. They cared more about their bottom, bottom line, I think. Interesting. So one of the things I remember from P90X, you know, and being there in my cold garage in the morning is, is a quote you would say, get your mind right during that warm up. Mm. How much does mental preparation and mindset play into your fitness or play into, into, the, into our fitness in general? It's everything. I mean, it's the reason why people show up or they don't. You know, I mean, it really, really is. What is your purpose? What is your reason for being? Why, why are you in the room? What, what are you doing this for? And, you know, anybody who's looked at exercise, you know, the effects of exercise on the mental and emotional state understands how, how important that is as much or more so than the physical. I mean, the physical aspect of training allows you to be able to do things. Well, it allows you to be able to run fast and and bend over and pick up boxes and just function well in the world. What happens to people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s is they stop moving physically, and so uh, there are all these limitations that they're putting on their life. You know, just the stuff that they could just take and just do for granted before are now gone, and now that has a serious effect on the mental and emotional state. You ask anybody who exercises on a regular basis, well into their 70s, and they're just a, a well-balanced individual who feels like they can kind of take on the world. And then you talk to people who 
who don't exercise or stop exercising gain a bunch of weight again, and they feel like they, they feel like you know the world has gotten smaller and smaller. Now I'm going to be 59 in a couple of months, and so you know I mean I can't run as fast as I could. I can't do I can't bench as much as I used to, but I can jump as high as I ever could. I could do as many pull-ups or climb a rope upside down better than I ever have. I can go around a pegboard like I'm on the moon, you know. So there's a I just understand the importance of the mental and emotional aspect of it. So if you have my course or my book, you know, I wrote a book called The Big Picture. I have a course called Living Large. And they're personal development books. And so when I started this journey, this physical journey, it was a personal development journey first. It was getting my head straight. It was, it was helping me understand what was important. It was helping me understand how to prioritize in my life. Mm-hmm. And so once I figured that out, I went, oh, okay. There are two things I can control, whether I eat well and exercise every day. Those are two things I control. I can't control my family. I can't control the weather. I can't control the traffic. I can't control, you know, uh, politics. I can't control anything, but I can control what I put in my mouth. And I can control whether I move today. So what is my? So I understand it's it's variety, intensity, consistency, and purpose. Oh, and then the bonus one is accountability. <clears throat> the fact that you went in that garage by yourself and did P90X by yourself makes you a hero in my mind. Because if my three buddies didn't show up yesterday at my house, there's no way I would have done 24 sets of chest and back, man. And if I did, I probably would have done it half ass, you know. And so. You know, there's a lot of people who get up in the dark in the morning before they feed their kids and go off to work to do to do P9X in the cold basements or, or, or garages. And that, that takes a lot of discipline, man. So, you know, what is the combination of things that you need so that your head is on straight? So this is automatic. It's who you are. It's what you do. There's no delay. You just get in there and you get after it, you know, five to six to seven days a week for the rest of your life. <clears throat> and if you do that, you understand that the mental and emotional state that you're in improves tenfold like you know who you were when that workout was over and you knew who you were when you skipped that workout and those were two different guys when you blew it off right the guilt the bad energy the sort of the the negative thoughts that come into your head but when you're in your when you're in your your car and you're reaching over and you're feeling those biceps that tells you that you got it done that you got busy that you took care of yourself and there's a there's a sense of confidence and well-being that comes with that uh, that you cannot get any other way unless you do it. You know, I, I think the a missing piece for us sometimes, at least in my profession, is, you know, you talk about purpose. And I think cops and firefighters, we, it, our purpose is easy to identify, right, at least professionally. And and so we don't have a hard time with that. And then the physicality that's needed is kind of an obvious one. But then the mental prep that goes into it, and that's where I think the ebb and flow of motivation comes from, is maybe you're – I'm talking about myself here specifically, but that – your your mindset isn't always on point. You once described yourself as being the fifty fifty guy back uh, back some time ago. Can you talk about that a little bit? And um, I think a lot of us feel that way, and we struggle with that lack of confidence that it brings. What is that? What is the fifty fifty guy? Well, you know, I think one way to describe the fifty fifty guy is is somebody who certainly knows what to do, right? Somebody who knows what to eat. They have the knowledge. It's not like they're clueless, right? There's a lot of people who are just sort of clueless. They're getting so much intel from so many directions, they can't really make a decision, right? So they, you know, I don't know what percentage that would be, but that would just be plain old confused. Now, now, the 50-50 person, I think, is the person that suffers the most because they know better, but they don't have a formula. They don't have a plan. They don't have a purpose to make them more of a 90-10 person or a, or a you know, 100% person. You know, some like, you know, we're 100 percent most of us when it comes to paying our bills and and, you know, brushing our teeth and getting a certain amount of hours of sleep and and, you know, making sure that our you know family has a, 
you know, our kids are getting off to school and everything's taken care of, right? So we have that sort of survival, you know, uh, mode that we're in. But I think a lot of us, if once we have the intel, want to want to thrive. We want more than just surviving. And thriving requires another level. It requires more discipline. It requires a bigger purpose. It requires accountability. It requires, you know, tons of variety when it comes to you know, exercise and other aspects of your life so you can avoid the boredom, injuries, and plateaus that come from, you know, doing the same silly things over and over again. So when I was 50-50 guy in the early stages of my of my process, you know, I would go really strong for three or four days and I'd take four or five days off. And I ended up with exercise bipolar disorder, you know what I mean? Because you're releasing norepinephrine and dopamine and serotonin, something called brain-derived neurotropic factor. These are chemicals inside of your your dentate gyrus, it's this, there's the temporal lobe, there's the hippocampus, and inside that, there's this little tiny curvy thing the size of a baby's pinky finger, that when you exercise, when you breathe heavy, when you're moving weight around, when you're punching, kicking, squatting, lunging, lifting, pulling, it's the breathing that goes into this part of your brain that causes this, it's called miracle grow, really, for the brain. Um, it's, it's this neurogenesis is really, really the sort of the scientific word for it. I mean, I learned all this from John Rady. He's a Harvard professor. And, he, you know, he, he's whole, his whole career is the effects of physical activity on your mental and emotional state, your memory, your cognition, your sleep drive, your, your you, know, um, uh, you know, all the things that make the glass half full. Mm-hmm. And it comes for the physical first. That is the foundation. That's it. That's, that's what holds up the house. It comes through the physical first, and every day you don't do it, that temporal lobe, that hippocampus, that dentate gyrus gets darker and smaller and blacker and shrinks and dies. If you cut open the brain of somebody who ate like crap, never exercised, their dentate gyrus would be a dead black string. It has a direct um, correlation to how you see the world, how you feel about your life, how you deal with stress, how well you sleep, how good your sex drive is. It's everything. And all you got to do is move your ass. And when you don't move your ass, that thing dies and your whole attitude, your whole mood, your whole perspective it goes into the toilet. I mean, when you when I learned that, I was like, crap, I missed two days, man, and I freak <laughs> out. I freak out because I know what's happening inside of my brain. And I, I mean, you, you look, I'm 59 years old and I'm more frenetic and energized and fired up than I was in my twenties when I was sleeping until 11 o'clock and eating, you know, um, uh, egg McMuffins for breakfast. I mean, it's choice. It's nobody forces you to do anything. Right. And so I, I have all the tricks of the trade. I need men and women at my house Monday nights, I got as many as 15 people here doing plyo. Tuesday morning, shoulders and arms, I've got three or four dudes here working out with me. Wednesday is cardio. Sometimes it's only a couple, but maybe I'll get as many as eight. I only have eight different stations that, I, that I'm on. Then, then yesterday, which was uh, Thursday, chest and back, I, you know, guys are here. We're doing pull-ups and push-ups until we don't want to do them anymore. And today is balls and boxes, which is this whole core and plyo routine because I'm a skier. And I've, I've always get at least six or seven people here for that. You know what I mean? So a lot of people are like, oh, I don't have access to all these kind of people. Get online. Get on the phone. You know, do it at their house. Do it at your house. Set up a space. And if you give a damn, you'll figure it out. And if you're one of those special people who can do this stuff on your own, great. But, you know, 50-50 is nowhere to live because sometimes you feel great and sometimes you feel like crap and you're better off just 
figuring out a way to get busy five to six to seven days a week. And that's the first step for someone looking, you know, like you say, we get overwhelmed with this information sometimes about, no, it's, you know, nutrition first or mindset first or physicality first, but it sounds like just everything comes from that movement. Everything comes from the movement. You know, I just did a course with Brendan Bouchard. It's called Living Large. And, and, you know, I want to do the course because I can come up with 100 programs from, you know, from Power 90 to, to P90X3 to 22-Minute Hardcore. And all of them work. It's just like, you know, and a lot of people do them. And they get in great shape for a bit. And then they're not anymore. It's so frustrating. I mean, I, I could see the frustration in people's faces when they think, oh, man, I'm sorry. They look at me and go, I'm a P90X user. You can tell that, you know, they've gained their weight back or more. And they feel really guilty and weird. And I said, you just didn't have a – your purpose wasn't so powerful that it was as powerful as it was for you when you got to pay your bills every month or when you got to brush your teeth every day or when you got to go to bed at a certain hour so you can wake up and function the next day. Your purpose wasn't powerful enough. And so I wrote the book, you know, The Big Picture, based on my trials and tribulations when it came to, to trying to figure this stuff out. I hated being broke and I hated being – out of shape and I hated you know the way I felt and I, I hated the fact that I was the biggest procrastinator in the world I, I just didn't want to be that guy I didn't want to be that live in that two-bedroom apartment with a view of a convalescent home anymore <clears throat> I was already in my 30s like what am I gonna get my act together you know what I mean so so I just man I read every book from Tony Robbins and Deepak Chopra to Richard Carlson to Andrew Weil to Gary Zukoff and for me 80 90 percent of it was crap it just didn't apply but man 10 to 20% meant something. And I just said, I'm going to, if it works for these people, they're writing books. You know what I mean? Some people, it's the Bible. You know what I mean? It's just simple. It's scripture. That's what gets them going. That's what gives them, you know, keeps their head on straight. Mm -hmm. For me, it was my own, you know, variety, right? I didn't want to pick from one book. I wanted to pick from 50 books, man. And so that's what worked for me. And the physical, the mental, and the emotional and diet and stress management, when you begin to have these things part of your life, then your life isn't this up and down roller coaster anymore. It's sort of this, you're riding pretty high most of the time, and then you peak out. Occasionally, you can have moments like, you know, somebody in your family passes away, or, you know, you break an arm, or your girlfriend breaks up with you, you know. But when those things happen, for me, and people who get it, they eat better, they work harder, because they want to get through it. You know what I mean? Other people who are just sort of floating, like that 50-50 people, like anything, you know what I mean? Like a hangnail. That's it, I'm out, I quit. I'm going to eat a friggin' Twinkie for lunch. You know what I mean? I'm not going to work out for a month because, you know, I got a zit or, or whatever. And, and then if something traumatic happens, like your mother passes away or, or you know, somebody in your family gets in a heart, car wreck, I mean, it just goes to hell in a handcart. You know I mean? You're living a life of drama. And you can, you know, the physical, regular exercise will prevent the low lows and will help you get through things. You know, for me, there are problems in everybody's life. I get it. But then, you know, you have to be hardwired to find the solution as quickly as possible. And a lot of people just sit in the problem forever, right? And there goes their life. You know what I mean? Tick tock, you're dead. And so, you know, the past is history, man. The future is a mystery. You got to get busy right now so you can live the best life you can, regardless of what's going on around you. So let's talk about living large. It's um, you know, I, the first time I've seen you with a with a class where you're in a collared shirt, I think, and this is a totally new. I mean, it's not totally new. You have the book, but people know you for the the fitness stuff. But this is really a much bigger uh, concept, and it's kind of whole. I guess holistic in one way uh, mm. approach to to helping people get better. What are the 
what are the keys in the class or in the big picture that you want people to take away from or maybe begin with, uh, you know, to help them you know, take those first couple steps? Well, you know, um, in the book, the big picture, there's 11 laws. And so when I met Brendan Bouchard, uh, you know, we kind of looked at the book and we thought, well, what would be the best aspects of the book that would make up the course? So we took six out of 12 of them, variety, variety consistency, purpose, progression, um, um, you know, rest and relaxation, some of the basic things that were, I think, for me, most powerful that helped me kind of move my life forward uh, at, at pretty quickly. And so, you know, you look at you look at variety, for example, um, you know, variety is, is a lot of people get stuck in sort of this myopic mindset when it comes to everything. Mm -hmm. This is how I eat. This is how I train. This is how I treat people. This is this is this is my tribe. I don't want you know, I've got the blinders on. This has worked for me. I'm in my 30s, 40s, 50s or 60s. I don't need to learn more stuff. I don't need to meet new people. I don't need to start going to Pilates. What are you kidding me? What a dance class. I'm a guy. No shot. You know what I mean? And so. <laughs> When, you know, a lot of people start with small worlds when they're kids based on their culture and their and their parents and all that stuff. But then as they get older, right, and they have a few bad experiences, their world gets smaller and smaller and smaller. So what I'm asking people to do is sort of get outside of your comfort zone in more ways than one. Obviously, the core of who I am is the is the fitness and the food. Like I, I was I was a weightlifter who got on a stationary bike. I would go in the gym and I would do chest. Chest, 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 because that's what Lou Ferrigno was doing in the room next door, and that's what Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger was doing, you know, next to me, right? And so, and they were big, and but you know, they couldn't play softball. I mean, they hit the ball, and both hamstrings would explode. You know what I mean? So I thought, oh, there needs to be a functionality aspect to my fitness because why do I need to get big? Like that's all about my ego being big, right? Being, I'm just standing there like, oh, oh, I'm, oh by the way, I'm going to need the personality. I'm going to need how to communicate, negotiate as well. So how about less about being big and more about being functionally fit, working on balance, speed, proprioception, the things that keep me young because big don't keep you young. Big uh, uh, leaves you vulnerable for injury. That's what big does. Unless you're a high school football player or a rugby player or or a shot putter. I mean, I don't know what the so many dudes just want to, you know, take a bunch of crazy supplements and get really big and can't figure out what their shoulder, their knee, their back and their hips are all screwed up. Hello. You're you know, it just blows my mind, man. So you got to get past that. And that's what I did. Um, and that's why the variety. And so when I looked at food, for example, I just ate whatever because I was poor and I ate, you know, burgers and hot dogs and pizzas. And then I realized, oh, you know what? Maybe I need to hone that down. So I went radical and I went vegan and then that didn't work for me. And then I went paleo and I went, oh, wait a minute. Why don't I just really eat whole foods? Why don't I just go back like it's 1920 and just eat the types of food that my great great grandparents would recognize? And it doesn't come out of a bottle, box, can, or bag. It comes from the ground, right? There's a chicken, you know, kill it, cook it, eat it. There's asparagus, there's blueberries, there's strawberries, there's kale, there's foods that come out of the ground. So now I eat Mexican, Italian, uh, French. I just eat really healthy versions of everything. And now I'm not. I'm not stuck in, in this place where I treat my diet like some kind of religion where I have to defend it. You know what I mean? I just eat everything, but I just, you know, it's not Red Bull and Doritos. It doesn't come out of a, it's not manufactured in a factory. You know, there's a few things that, uh, that are, you know, there's some, you know, whatever, there's some granola that I'll eat once in a while, but I'm just, I'm just nuts and fruits and, and for snacks, you know, I, mean, I don't eat desserts anymore. I'm just done. I did that. I mean, if I read one more article on how sugar can lead to cancer, that's I only need to read two or three articles like that where I go, okay, dude. You know, I mean, so you know, I blue uh, 
key lime pie and chocolate brownies and sundaes and all of it, man. I loved it at the end of the day. That was my reward for me, you know, for my discipline all day long. And, and so, you know, I'm a bit radical that way. I mean, there's not a lot of people who do that, but the rewards are ridiculous. The, just the, what I can physically do, how well I sleep. I don't need no blue pills. You know what I'm saying, fellas? You know what I mean? So that's just, that's all choice. That's all discipline. Do you want it or not? You know what I mean? Do you want to have that kind of energy? Do you want to be flexible? Do you want to go in a yoga class, a level three yoga class, and everybody in there is half your age, and, you know, you can do hold a handstand and they can't? I mean, that's just, to me, cool. And so variety is one piece of that. Consistency, obviously, is, is obvious, you know. Um, purpose is, is everything. Why? Why are you doing anything? Why, why are you being haphazard? Like this, people are just sort of like, you know, I'm going to spend a half an hour in my sock drawer when there's so many bigger, better, more important things I could be doing, you know. And, and so, you know, progression is another one. Most people aren't even paying attention to whether they're making progress or not. They're just kind of spinning their wheels and they're working really hard. They're going, look at me. I'm sweating here doing this stuff. But there's no, there's no improvement physically, mentally, emotionally, financially, or with relationships. So why? You know, notice the progress. Write it down. And that's what the course is all about. You can get through this course in a day if you want to. You can got to sit down the whole day and, and look at it. And there's a bunch of stuff that you have to fill out and look at. And so what it really forces everybody who's doing it is to – clean up the chaff and the fog and the mystery of life and just pinpoint like this, 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 and this. What am I doing? What am I not doing? What do I need to do? Am I willing to do it or not? Yes, because I've written it down in my own handwriting, man. And so um, <clears throat> a lot of it, you know, a lot of it just comes from all my personal development. Like I pick and choose things from from Richard Carlson or, or, or Keith Ellis, The Magic Lamp is a great book. Uh, Keith Ellis's book. Just Keith Ellis's book helped me figure out my career. I mean, I read a simple book. It's probably not even 180 pages. It helped me figure out what I was supposed to.